This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, March 19th, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. Congress has moved relatively swiftly to beef up safety net authorities and unemployment benefits as a national emergency declaration has unlocked presidential authority. Meanwhile, states and the feds have moved swiftly to undo regulations that have hampered emergency responses by both the public and private sector. Cato's Will Yateman comments. Congress is continuing to work on uh, either a stimulus package or writing checks to to uh, all adult Americans. Uh, but this was, of course, not their first uh, legislative action in response to COVID-19. Uh, what has Congress done so far as of this recording? Well, as of this recording, they're working on their third measure. So uh, a couple weeks ago, they actually passed a first measure of $8.3 billion dollars um, directed specifically at, at uh, the medical supply chain, if you will. I mean, from hospitals to, to everything else. Um, uh, subsequently, they passed a sort of a mini stimulus that, in essence, uh, uh, expanded um, and beefed up, if you will, existing social safety net um, factors uh, or policies. And currently, they're sort of working on a big kit and caboodle. So, you know, after starting with sort of a, a, a targeted plan, you know, that first measure targeted at the, uh, the health supply chain per se, the second measure is sort of beefing up existing um, safety net authorities. And, and currently, they're working on sort of this grand stimulus-esque a trillion dollar measure um, to keep the economy or to respond uh, in an economic fashion to the economic damage that's been wrought by the response to COVID. What powers have been unlocked for the president with respect to this, which is, I, I think, legitimately, you could call it a national emergency? Oh, I think it's completely fair. I mean, I think that th- this is a when the founders created a, a single executive, a single president that in which they vested the executive power, um, it was very much with emergencies such as this in mind. So this is actually one of the rare areas of policy, um, the response to COVID-19, where I'm not as alarmed as I normally am by uh, the President Trump and uh, declaring these emergencies, which tap these statutory authorities, uh, these laws that Congress passes that give the president enhanced powers um, in various areas when he declares an emergency. So he, he's done this uh, uh, for a number um, of statutes. Uh, the, the most consequential um, seems to have been the uh, the declaration of uh, the emergency declaration under Title 42 of the U.S. Code. That's a fancy way of saying under the public health laws. And this, in effect, gives the agencies in his administration, the Department of Health and Human Services in particular, uh, greater flexibility, greater latitude to suspend or certain rules that might get in the way of a more of effective response to um, the ongoing public crisis. So uh, that's sort of the big one. And that was done um, earlier this week or, or late last week. But pardon my confusion for um, precisely when, but a couple of days ago. Actually, today, um, the president uh, announced an emergency under the Defense Production Act. And uh, this would authorize the, the White House to nationalize industries in response to um, the, the, the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, I'll say this, it, it, pointedly, the White House noted that they would uh, exercise this authority if needed 
quote unquote. And, and I think that's a very telling phrase. Uh, the, the president's rhetoric to date has very much uh, recognized uh, the relative efficiencies of private sector supply chains versus what the government can do. So a uh, part of me thinks that this was largely a measure to reassure the people that you know he's he's taking this seriously and that he's declaring you know emergencies as appropriate. Um, but I, I strongly doubt whether or not the, pro, the the White House and the federal government is going to swoop in and take over uh, nationalized industries. But those are uh, that's a, the gist of what the president has done so far in terms of tapping his existing authorities. Okay, so uh, at the at the state level and the and the federal level, uh, a lot of regulations have just been uh, relaxed or eased or done away with, at least temporarily. And a lot of those regulations appear on the wish lists of for elimination uh, by libertarians uh, all over the place. Indeed, we we've seen uh, a lot of measures. Along the lines of what I spoke of before, uh, sort of uh, where rigidity caused by regulations has gotten in the way of effective responses to COVID. And here, certainly the the most famous or notorious one is uh, the New York Times brought to light about 10 days ago, the fiasco in Seattle, where uh, private parties had developed a fairly effective test for COVID um, and, and used it in violation of the law in, in violation of, of FDA regulations regarding the development and use of such tests and, and, and by so doing ended up arguably um, saving a lot of lives. So it's, a, you know, we, telemedicine would be another area where we've seen uh, sort of some obvious um, loosening of restrictions. Um, but not just there, it's a, a, we've seen pushes um, when it comes to Department of Education regulations for, for homeschooling, and, and here it's uh, special needs, or, or that is to say, uh, Americans with Disabilities Act, ADA. So it, that is a law that, uh, that's a, a noble cause. I'll say my twin is disabled. That's something, you know, I'm actually incredibly sympathetic to the disabled community. But at the same time, it, it was uh, the, the the perfect being the enemy of the good in terms of a response to COVID and homeschooling. I mean, the extent to which rigid ADA rules were were schools were making a determination whereby instead of trying to accommodate just the vast preponderance of our students and thereby running afoul of the ADA, we're just not going to try. We're not going to accommodate anybody, and everybody's on their own. So. Um, that sort of measure, and, and even down to, to smaller levels. So we, we've seen on, on college campuses across the board, as, as students have been um, sent home, and I'm sure everyone's read about that or experienced it themselves, but uh, uh, textbooks, uh, colleges across the board, and I thought this was amazing. Um, they've said, well, we realize that many of you perhaps left your textbooks behind um, in the rush to get home, well, we're just going to send you PDF copies of these textbooks to begin with, you know, which got a lot of people asking, well, shoot, why do we have to spend $400 to begin with to get these things? Um, so um, our, our colleague Walter Olson wrote in Cato at Liberty about uh, the loosening of the licensing it's, uh, regulations, um, in, in particular for nurses, uh, sort of a rigidity there had precluded a number of well-meaning and qualified people from participating in the public health response. And 
um, the governor, Larry Hogan, there had, had, had acted in response to that uh, by with a very common sense measure um, to, again, allow the, 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 the most possible number of health professionals out there doing as much good and help as possible. So uh, I've got other examples, <laughs> you know, if you, if you want to continue in this vein. But the, the common thread is that uh, policymakers, when confronted with regulations that sort of didn't make any sense to begin with, and, and in this situation were actually hampering a response, um, they've done something that is very common sense minded and, and, and uh, loosened the regulations and thereby attained flexibility. Maybe you can explain this to me. What mechanically within the, the levers of government allows these agencies to just cast this regulation aside? Is, are, these, are these executive decisions or uh, are heads of agencies able to simply say, well, this we're going to get rid of this? Um, when you're talking about like medical licensure and allowing people to become licensed across state lines and things like that, like uh, Jared Polis in Colorado did it, um, Washington State did it, Texas has done something similar, uh, Massachusetts and other states have done something similar. Well, is, does this have to come from a governor or uh, the president or can these agency heads just say, look, we're just not going to we're not going to deal with this for the foreseeable future. It can be both. Um, so mechanisms, we spoke about one such mechanism when I was talking before about the, the emergency powers that President Trump has tapped into. Um, governors have the same sorts of statutory powers, and to be sure, they've been um, invoked uh, by governors across the country. At the same time, agencies, uh, both at the federal and the state level, it's uh, all of them. Uh, if not all of them, then virtually all of them. Um, the rules by which agencies issue rules to begin with or regulations, they all have this uh, good cause or emergency provision that in essence allows an agency to forego the normal hoops they'd have to jump through in order to change their rules in times of emergency or crisis, such as the present times. Um, and thereby alter their rules on the fly for the better. So a, a mix of both when it comes to uh, the legal authorities for the changes afoot. Will Yateman is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. <laughs>